I am the space cow. I'm not a space cow. I'm normal. And you'll notice that we're not the other people that are usually here. We locked them in our anti-Canadian closet and took away their maple syrup. They're in intensive pain. And deliciousness. Anyway, yes, I am not the space cow. I am, uh, you do not know who I am. But I am not them. They know who we are because we talked to them earlier this year. No, they don't. uh, No one knows who we are. We're secrets. Fine. We are the secretive individuals who are kidnapping this show for this month. Deal with it. Yeah. I'm from the South. I'm allowed to do this. That's what we do. (laughs) That's what they do in the South. They kidnap podcasters. They kidnap Canadians and leave them in anti-Canadian places to learn them to be freedoms and Americans. But, before we ramble on anymore, we have a special, special airing for you tonight, Internet. We are going to talk about the creepiest pasta of all, one written by a Mr. Tingle, Chuck Tingle. It's called Space Raptor Butt Invasion, and is truly the most horrifying story on the internet. Truly. None ever can grasp the depths of the loneliness and the, uh, the feeling of uh, total ineptitude and helplessness that one feels... Stranded on a desert planet, alone. Did I mention the I aloneness? Believe, I believe Ridley Scott put a pretty good phrase in that, in space, no one can hear you scream. This happens to be on a space planet involving dinosaur astronauts. You, you spoilers. Jesus. Alright, so to break this down, to break this down, um, this starts with our uh, protagonist, who I, I don't think has a name, Nope, he is unnamed. He is, yeah, he is unnamed. He is an astronaut uh, on the planet Zorflax, I believe, uh, as part of the human colonist uh, NASA's uh, off-world outpost program, where he's serving oh. with... Sorry, we got this wrong. It is the distant planet of Zorbius, and our main character's name is Lance. Right, I forgot his name is Lance. Uh, and then his, his uh, partner's name is, like, it's not Kirk, because that's too obvious. I don't remember his name. He was forgettable. He was there for He was there for pages. he was yeah, he was he was there long enough to be forgotten. But yes, uh they uh they're in the airlock waiting for his shuttle to arrive because he's going to return to Earth and Lance is going to serve a year on the station alone for some reason for because uh, humanity needs to find another home uh, in 10 years because I guess this probably came out around the same time as Interstellar um, that would be my guess and so uh, yeah so they talk about playing ping pong in low gravity and then t- then the return shuttle shows up he punches in some buttons disappears uh, from the story and is probably forgotten so Lance goes off to check the terraforming station on Zorbius and uh oh yeah there's a mess there's a message from his uh from his like captain or whatever saying keep your eyes open and don't get too heavy things can get a little strange you might start seeing things 
And certainly enough, Lance does believe he's seeing things when he goes to the terraforming station and sees another figure in a spacesuit who quickly hops onto a two-wheeled vehicle, who I'm, which I'm believing from the cover of this book is a Segway. And it then an, it looks as if it is a industrial uh, Mars rover Segway. Yes. Yeah, no, it's one of those. It's have you not seen the? Uh, there's actually real uh, all-terrain Segways. Have you not seen those? I choose not to see those. I won't make you see those. No, don't make me see it. <laughs> Please don't burst my precious southern bubble. It's very. It took years to form. But anyway, uh, he goes. He he thinks he's hallucinating it until he goes down to the terraforming station and sees there are in fact tracks and treads from the vehicle. I guess he tries to make chase, but the space wind kicks up and blows the trails away. So. He goes uh, and checks the terraforming station, goes back to his uh, habitat, this, this, the other station, asks the computer if, anybody's, if anybody else is stationed, supposed to be there. The computer says, no, you are supposed to be alone for the next year. So Lance says, who the fuck was that? Uh, and then he's awakened in the night by a loud knocking on his door and sees the spacesuit-wearing figure uh, arrive, notices that it has three fingers on its space gloves and uh after some talking he finds out that the that the suited figure is named orion and lets him in and sees when he takes off his helmet he is actually a velociraptor but the kind from jurassic park and not the actual kind i'm guessing um not enough feathers yeah or a, a lot of things um but he finds out that orion is in fact uh, it finds out from Orion that in fact the dinosaurs were not killed in the Ice Age, but actually left Earth when they when they themselves found it uninhabitable to go. Uh, and he is actually part of a research team on Earth Two. Um, and uh, they're also looking for new places to inhabit and looking over the rest of the galaxy or something. Anyway, Lance and Orion get to hanging out. And uh, spending time together because, um, just because they're the only people, they're the only individuals. They're not people. Raptors aren't people. Show me, Whoa. show me, show me the birth certificate. <laughs> show yeah, me. They just hung out. I believe is the exact phrase. And they were just cool dudes that hung out. They just yeah, they just hung out all the time. And then the story uh, takes a wildly terrifying turn when uh, Lance turns over to Orion. And says, hey, it's not gay if a human and a raptor have sex, right? Um, and then some, then some stuff happens. And then what ends up happening is gay dinosaur action in a tale of space raptor love. It's, it's, it's horror beyond measure. Horror beyond measure. Now, I happen to think that this is poorly written tripe. But my co-host here, I think this is the greatest. I think this is the greatest story ever written. Um, it's it it's, it makes it it paints incredible landscapes with its words. Uh, talking about the talking repeatedly about the uh, hilly gray vistas and how they how they bring how even after years upon this lifeless rock, they still bring joy to the uh, to Corporal Lance and his. Uh, and 
the the deep the deep meta narrative created with Earth and Earth Two, and this this it, it leaves itself well open for a sequel. Why did the dinosaurs leave? What what is their purpose? What is what is it like on Earth Two? I'm pretty sure there is a sequel for that. If you do believe this in Space Raptor Butt Patrol, but I. I have to disagree. I feel as if the the setting is bland, and they use the word space a lot for everything, such as space wind, or space capsule, or space dinosaur, or Earth 2 space boogaloo. I don't know why they use that phrase, but it felt as if it was a little forced. I I have to disagree. Um, I will say when I was editing up the uh, when I was editing up this this fine story, this fine crafted fiction read by our uh, own mysterious third person Sam Grabner. Um, I I was looking up sound effects, and in fact, I did find on freesound.org a sound called Space Wind. Um, and if you would believe it, there is uh, there are many different cases of space wind, and this which is actually recorded by our space probes. And unsurprisingly, when you get to stuff in space, you use the word space a lot. Ah, see, you're infected too. You can't think of a better word other than space. I pass space wind all the time. Technically, I'm made of space stars and st- space boo uh, leftovers. So technically. Everything is space, and you're using poor descriptors just like this writer to describe everything. Hot, searing wind. It's just as good as space wind. The spa- It's a low-gravity environment. This wind would be neither hot nor searing. It's, it's not- a dusty wind, so maybe it's a grit-filled, sandy wind. Look, you're, you're missing the point of the story. The point, the point of these descriptors is to remind us that it's set in space. A thing that you might forget if they don't keep saying space to you all the time. I will concede that point. We do need a reminder every 10 or 20 seconds as to where the location is set. That is true. Otherwise, we could forget that this is, a, this is in fact, a space raptor butt invasion and not an earth raptor butt invasion. <sighs> I, don't like, I don't like conceding these points to you, but yes, you are correct. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I do have to take another one. By the definition, they would be gay, wouldn't they? It is two male entities having sexual relations with each other. Uh, it gets it gets complicated when you get to the idea of sentient animals. Like we've already crossed a lot of barriers at this point. Um, but yes, I I will concede the point to you that yes, it probably is gay. They just you know didn't want to admit it. Uh, it's one of those it's only gay if the balls touch kind of things. And also they break that rule because the balls touch many many times. So yes, I will concede the point that relation between a man and a raptor, uh, a man and, raptor, yeah, a male a male raptor, uh, is in fact uh, is in fact pretty gay. Um, I will. Uh, I think when you get to when you get to sodomy, I think that's about the point where that that's 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 pretty much um, there's 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 not a lot of points where sodomy is not gay, or I don't know, at least not an infraction against God, but neither is you know. I think I think we've already I think God's already turned his his eyes away, uh, at a man uh, getting done in the butt by a raptor. Listen, it is completely natural. And it is a loving act. We don't need to turn our eyes away. <laughs> oh yes, no. I'm well. 
That's that's where the that's where the true horror is because you can't turn your eyes away. All you can do is stare. All you can do is sit and watch, as the as this uh, proud as this proud astronaut uh, succumbs to the loneliness of space, and, and is, the feminine wiles of the great Velociraptor. The 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 very the strong the strong masculine wiles. And I gotta say, Orion is a pretty fuckable name. I mean, it's Greek in origin. You've seen the Greeks, yeah. the Greek pantheon. They're pretty fuckable themselves. It's true. It's very true. Um, but let's see. Like, what else can we say? Uh, so, th- I will say that this is this is some of uh, this is some of Chuck Tingle's weaker writing. Um, when we get into this is this is also one of his earlier stories, uh, preceding uh, preceding such classics as Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt. And oppressed in the butt by my uh, by my non-denominational holiday cups, um, which I would really refer to the latter as his sort of magnum opus. Although I think he'd refer to he'd refer to that as pounded in the butt by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt. I see he has a uh, working theme in his narratives. You know, I didn't think about it until you mentioned it, but yeah. Um. See, now I'm interested, because it sounds as if you've happened to cross more of his work. This is the first time I've read any of Mr. Tingle's work, and it I, and it does feel as if this is a brand new work. I'm actually looking it up now. This is, this is his one, two, three, four, five, fifth work out of what appears to be 20 or 40. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's closer followed. to, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's closer to 40. So yeah, I guess I guess what I see here is a developing artist that hasn't quite learned the ins and outs of how to hone his craft. Like his last one is Gay T Rex Law Firm Executive Boner. That's a newer one than uh, that's a newer one than uh, Leo Leo DiCaprio gets pounded in the butt by his Oscar. Um, but I will say that uh, I will say that that Ch- the Chuck Tingle's Space Raptor butt invasion, at least if you look on it on Amazon, is surrounded by classics such as uh, such. As uh, Carlton Mellick the Third's *The Haunted Vagina* and *Embassy Town* by China Meville, as well as *Horfrost* by Jordan L. Hawk. So he's in good relations and in good company with other modern horror writers, even if they don't quite follow the usual line that I've heard about the uh, creepy pastas. These are more mainstream, not in form. Yes, these are in fact these are in fact professional writers and not amateurs. Um, I guess we can technically put Chuck into the we can technically put Chuck into the realm of professional writer. He's got forty books. He's got forty books. Uh, all of them, uh, all of them covered in uh, handsome dudes and something, uh, some some kind of other thing. Usually, an object with a human face stamped on it. So I have to ask, since you've apparently read or at least done a little bit more research on it, what is this theme, and why does he go back to butt invasion so much? Do you have an idea as to possibly why this theme shows up in more of his works? Well, I, I wish I let's see. I, I believe it is. I believe it is that he is uh, fascinated by all things sensual, um, leading to his creation of the of his iconic tinglers. Um, but I, alas, um, I, I do not know the, I do not know the true, uh, the true obsession of his, as I have not followed, uh, his own autobiography, Chuck Tingle's, uh, Dr. Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to Romance. Oh, I, 
That's that's very interesting. If that's an autobiography, that should be something we should possibly check up on or throw down the anti-Canadian hole so they can read it for the next show. Yeah, yeah, they uh yeah, we'll give it we'll give it to the other we'll give it to the to the true professionals of of creepypasta research uh to get to get deeper into their own topic. Um they could follow they could follow up with uh with such classics as scary st- stories to tingle your butt and butt again. Breaking the fourth butt even. Eight hot to trot meta tinglers. And the art of the tingle. So I guess what we're saying here now is that not only is this man created uh, what we are reading here is a burgeoning author, but it's a burgeoning genre of its own. A story of love across species and sentience and objects. And it's kind of showing this new dichotomy in the world as how we don't need to just view individuals versus objects, but we need to start to bring together people and objects into one cloud and that involves loving them as well as using them in the butt it's also yes it i i i fully agree that chuck tingle chuck tingle is a true creative inspiration there are very few individuals uh there are very few individuals who can just look at random things on their desk and say how can i have this pound me in the butt today what kind of what context can i create to ha- to to truly be pounded in the butt by a coffee cup, and this is why I, I I like to think that we were able and lucky to find somebody just just on the cusp of greatness. Give it ten twenty years, listeners, maybe even less, maybe in the next coming years, and you'll see him in the likes of comparisons to the greats like Michelangelo or Leonardo or Donatello or Raphael or, or Splinter the other Turtles. Yes, exactly. He's already he's he actually already has a he has a, a certain amount of a widespread appeal including a number of interviews. Um I mean again he's he's written his own uh he's he's written his uh his own autobiography here where we learned that he apparently grew up in Truth Utah um where he did not believe that he would uh, where he, d- he did not really believe that he would become an expert in the foremost uh, the foremost stories of love between uh, people uh, people raptors um, bricks and butts. Well, he grew up in a land called Truth, and he is presenting us the truth in his works. So I think he did his hometown proud. I think so. There is there is no there is no greater or more horrifying truth. Than the fact that you can you can in fact be pounded in the butt by everything. And I think that's the main takeaway from this is that try as you may, this might be a creepy pasta, but it is truth and is heartwarming because not only can you be pounded in the butt, but you can make love to anything. It's just well, it's it's like it's 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 like the existential crisis where you realize how pointless you are in the universe, but then you can take that and realize. That there's there's a certain there's a certain uh, a certain weight lifted off your shoulders that it doesn't matter what you do, you just you just live your life and be happy because everything's pointless. Yeah, we're and getting in, into the existential ideas of absurdism, uh, nihilism, and existentialism. Nothing you do matters, and he chooses to go with the asserted route. Nothing matters, and on the surface, uh, or when you deep down, nothing matters. So enjoy it and have fun and. Have fun and and understand the absurdity of it. Yeah, 
Just write a story about getting pounded in the butt by the sun. Or an asteroid. I think that one would be fitting, too. <sighs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that one already exists. Oh. I'm, in, I'm entirely certain that one exists. Really? I have oh. to... I, I have I've lost I've I've lost track of some of Chuck Tingle's stories. He's a very prolific author. Um he's he's written many a butt pounding in his day. Okay, well I'll have to start checking out his works more. This has been this was a really interesting and, and I will say it is not the best work I've read. As we've mentioned earlier before we kind of got off on Well, again, this the, the again majesty that is Mr. Tingle. Again, this is um, also, I will point out that some of his, some of his stories are published in paperback. Um, but yes, uh, again, the, the, you know, we bring, we bring talent of all varieties on this show. Uh, it's sort of a, it's sort of a raw talent engine. And I think in this, in this case, we're able to see, we're able to see what happens when you really put your mind and focus to a craft. And butt. And butt. You bring. You really got it. Sometimes you really got to work your butt off so that it can pound you in your own butt. And I think, I I would I would definitely um. So uh, so uh, recommendations. Would you recommend Space Raptor Butt Invasion to to a creepypasta enthusiast? As an individual story, no. As part of a larger work of a great author and watching his maturation process, yes. Um, so maybe if you wanted to check out some of the later works, if you're a bit of a uh, snob like me for grammar and storytelling, but as it stands, Space Raptor Butt Invasion is very, very interesting. I got south. I don't know why I got south. No, you can't. You can't not be south when you're talking about a butt invasion. After all, isn't Georgia America's butt? I won't even confirm nor deny that. I plead the fifth. Because right next to Florida, America's dick. But uh, I, I personally, I personally would recommend Space Raptor Butt Invasion, if not, uh, if if not for the fact that I have read many a creepypasta that were both uh, worse, less uh, less edited, and uh, longer, considerably longer. Uh, Space Raptor Butt, it's spa- and and also Space Raptor Butt Invasion does have the benefit of being totally horrifying in its uh, in its content. Uh, it doesn't. It 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 uh, it's a quick seventeen pages. Uh, doesn't linger too long on the tongue. And uh, if you get it, it comes with a free bonus book that we're not going to talk about. But you can find uh, you can find all of uh, all if you want to look up the entire Tingler library. Just look up Doctor Chuck Tingle on Amazon, uh, and you too can uh, and you too can experience uh, can experience the wonder. Of uh, of just amazing, uh, amazing free Kindle books if you have Amazon Prime. And I will definitely be checking out more of this Mr. Tingle's work. They sound incredibly interesting, and I am with Matt with how he uh, perceives them. He has changed my mind completely, and I have now come around to Mr. Tingle's tinglings. Well then, um... Well, remember, uh, if you like this show, be sure to uh, be sure to comment it on it on Kiwi Six. Leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, comment on SoundCloud. Leave a comment and a like and a I don't know subscribe on YouTube. 
I guess. Um, remember to retumble it, uh, retweet the tumble, uh, share it on Instagram, uh, then also, uh, copy it over to Snapchat, um, be sure to, be sure to, to staple it to a dick pic, um, let's see, uh, share it with your friends on Grinder. uh, and, uh, Periscope the entire episode while you're listening to it, uh, and send the Periscope, uh, to aldenterigamortis at gmail.com, send the link to the Periscope, send the VODs, we want to see your absolute original reactions, um, and, you know, plenty of dick pics. Just just, just send them in. Just send them straight to aldanziarigamortis at gmail.com. Just a flood of them. Just a flood of them. Uh, let's see. Uh, remember, to, remember, to post, remember to post your reaction GIFs uh, also to Tumblr. Uh, but post the JPEGs to Weasel. And uh, let's see. Um, and find, uh, take your favorite, take your favorite quotes from this episode, uh, put a minion in it, put it on Facebook, share it with plenty of moms. Uh, is there any housekeeping I'm forgetting about? Uh, if you can think of a meme, just spread it everywhere. Spread, spread it like your cheeks. Spread it like your cheeks that will be pounded by a space raptor. And, uh, let's see, um, yeah, I think that'll do her. Just... All right. Just like a space raptor does him. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you people today. It's been a um, spine-tingling adventure. We will release the Canadians now, and you will never hear us again. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, sleep well. So stupid, <laughs> dude! I can tell your dude your practice of the second city paid off. I was fucking dying. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing. <laughs> we ran out of stuff to talk about in this story pretty fast. <laughs> Seventeen pages of some dude getting fucked by a raptor. What are we gonna talk about for thirty minutes? Yeah, that's fair. And also, I didn't take any notes. <laughs>